And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerdy Beauty Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, today we have a very special guest on the Nerdy Beauty Podcast. It's Mr. Jerry Ma, comic book creator of The Monkey King, a Chinatown Odyssey graphic novel. Uh, welcome to the show, Jerry. What's welcome. up, guys? Great to be here. Thanks so much, really. Yeah. And we just found out before the show that Jerry and I used to race each other in, in high school. And uh, he apparently he's very terrible. So uh, I, <laughs> I wish we did record that stuff. That would have been awesome. That was pretty uh, funny, yeah. actually. Well, we all grew up in Jersey. So if our accent slips out, you know, if I want to ask you a question, you'll forgive us. Um, our North Jersey accents. Right? There you well, go. Alan, I've shaken his in all his years in Cali. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much gone at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Jerry. So, uh, where, where are you located right now? Right now, I'm in uh, the Upper West Side of Manhattan, New York. Where's the best place to get a slice of pizza in New York City? Which is a debate everyone has. You know, week. this is all right. So, this is actually a very important question, and one that hurts me to my core right now, because huh. my favorite slice in all of New York was at uh, Prince Street Pizza. Oh, but, yeah, I heard uh, about that one. Yeah, they recently. I didn't even know. Because like, I haven't eaten there in like a year and a half because of the pandemic, obviously, right? right? So um, my girlfriend, actually, she's here visiting from Taiwan. And we haven't seen each other since last February. So the wow. first thing I'm thinking of is I'm taking her to get some Prince Street pizza. Of course. Go there. We're enjoying the hell out of it. Little to, you know, Then I find out after that everyone's like, why are you eating there? Like They said so much racist stuff about Asian people, black people, like all sorts of people of color, you know? And oh, was no like, kidding. Oh, crap. I did not oh, know that. No. Wow, that's crazy. So that was actually quite painful because I, I don't know how I'm going to replace that as my favorite slice. <laughs> well, as long as you didn't what say Sabaros, I, I think what I would What if the irony the is the racism made it taste so good? <laughs> wow. Oh, no. <laughs> the irony of irony. <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, their pizza really is amazing, but. They, I, I, I checked I Googled what they had said, and it was pr- some pretty ignorant stuff. So uh, it's going to be tough to go back there. Oh, that's bizarre. Well, you know what? You, you, now you have the opportunity to taste test a lot of different places to find a new favorite. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. And yeah. There's, plenty, there's yeah. plenty in that city. So. Yeah. Hey, Jonathan, do you have a go-to place uh, in, in your area? You're, you're kind of like, I would say, southern Jersey? Well, where I live now in central Jersey. We're uh-huh. all known for the tomato pie. Uh, there's De Lorenzo's, which is in Robinsville. Well, actually, two of them in Robinsville. De Lorenzo's and Papa's are very well known. Uh, Pete and Elda's is down the shore uh, near me. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be centrally located around some good pizza places. Dude, you're so I'm lucky. Too- yeah, I believe Jersey was just named the best pizza, uh, best pizza state in America, right? Get yeah, out of here! I, I didn't want to brag or anything. Just, <laughs> it had nothing to do with it. Well, who, who the heck said that? Is that really yeah. true? Food and Wine Magazine, and that. Yes, yeah. yeah this, okay. This magazine, you might have heard of them before. <laughs> State pride, anyway, dude. Come on. 
Oh my god, I, I moved to California like how long ago, Jonathan? Like fifteen years ago. The Cal- the the pizza here is so bad. They the people here even admit it. they they have to put like um ranch dressing on on their pizza Ugh. or like hot sauce. I'm like, that's how bad your pizza is. That you got to cover it with something else. It's it's terrible. Yeah. Well, you you guys get tacos though. You guys got yeah. Get tacos. You do get good Mexican. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. And your that's seafood true. is probably fantastic too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, so as a New Yorker, are are you a Knicks or a Nets fan? I am a Knicks fan. Oh, there we go. Now we can really yeah. continue with the show. <laughs> you know, but the Knicks too have hurt my feelings when when they let Jeremy Lin walk. I can't help it. You know, I only got one guy to root for. I got to root for him. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty upset that they let him go, actually, because got us. I mean, right now the Knicks are balling; they're doing great. Yeah, but they're great bef- right now. Before that, I would say Jeremy Lin was like the only great thing to happen to the Knicks since Patrick Ewing, I think. Yeah, I mean, all can say it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. What about Caramello? Yeah. Wasn't he on your team? Oh God, I can't stand that guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know what? With his ego, I, I you, you got to admit, Jeremy Lin. I would say that was like global news. I mean, it rocked like the world with, with Jerry yeah. and like what he accomplished. It was it was outstanding. Like a, a, literally, a nobody at the end of the bench, uh, becoming an all star right before your eyes. I mean, it, it's hard for me to comment on this because I've worked I've worked with Jeremy Lin, so I'm obviously very biased towards him. How um, did you work with Jeremy Lin? Uh, so. My friends, they did a documentary, the Lin Sanity documentary. Oh yeah, I watched the, that. So I helped design a movie poster for it. And then I've worked with the Jeremy Lin Foundation on a, a T-shirt that we made. Uh, I did some drawings of his different hairstyles and stuff. And the, <laughs> we, you know, a lot of the money went back to the Jeremy Lin Foundation to do some good. So it was pretty cool. And I'm actually working. I'm doing some work right now with the NBPA out in uh, China for a line of graphic T-shirts. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I'm all I love the NBA, man. Like I, I love basketball, I love sports. So you know. Uh. Yeah. Oh, that that's really cool. Yeah, but you know, too bad right now. I don't think Jer- Jeremy. I think he's still in the G League, and no one wants to Correct. sign him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's a real shame. Um, I almost feel like he should have just stayed in China and balled out over there, like Stephon Marbury did. You know. Yeah, right. Marbury is like a legend right now in China. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got like a statue out, out there. <laughs> he's got. Uh, I mean, you know. So my friends that did the Linsane documentary, they also did a Stefan Marbury film out, a live action film. Oh wow! Uh, on Marbury, yeah. So like Marbury, I mean, I, I I grew up loving him too because he was a New Yorker, and you know he started off as a New York legend, uh, played on the Nets, and then he lost his mind, I believe, in Boston. Correct. <laughs> when yeah. he was like eating when he was he eating, was eating vaseline jelly. Yeah. Yeah, vaseline. <laughs> what is going on <laughs> yeah that's yeah I, mean, I, I think i saw a documentary on yao ming recently is he's the, he's like the commissioner of the uh the china nba league right he is uh i don't know or if he's a commissioner like of the league, but i know he's like he owns ambassador. a team oh, oh is okay. he yeah and he he is he owns his own vineyard he's owns like a few restaurants like he's supposedly the the stories of his drinking is legendary. Ooh, oh wow! <laughs> the guy's like seven that. foot fifty, right? And yeah, he's yeah. like five hundred pounds. Probably take so a barrel to get him buzzed. Yeah, I, I can only imagine how much. Once <laughs> well, like Andre the Giant would like just drink copious amounts of alcohol every day <laughs> just to get a little buzz going. <laughs> uh, 
I wouldn't know. I'm under six feet, so I don't know what the life of a tall man is like. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, so New York City, you grew up in New York City. You were, we, uh, well, you told us off air that you were born in New Jersey. Um, so did you did you spend any extended time away from the East Coast, like for college or anything, or did you just kind Yo, of? So I actually went to school at the School of Visual Arts, um, which is in New York, sorry. Uh, I spent most of my life here in New York, but after I graduated, I've been well pre-pandemic. I I was traveling to the West Coast to LA. Like I went as many times as like eight times in a year. Um, wow. I've been going to uh, Japan and Taiwan a lot to do some work, uh, oh, nice. even Hong and Hong Kong every once in a while. Uh, I've been pretty lucky that uh, my work has taken me to some pretty cool places in the world. So did you start drawing? I mean, at a young age, did you realize, hey, I actually have talent as an artist? I mean, you know, everyone always asks that. It's not like you think you're good. Or at least I hope you're not. You know, most people aren't like that. Uh, I grew up drawing a lot, for sure. And my parents used to get, they told me stories that I used to draw with Sharpie markers on the walls of our house. <laughs> just drove them off the wall. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my parents are partially to blame. You know, we, we our family, we have a, a small business. We own a art supply store here in New York, and um, my mother is a, a writer and a painter. So, oh, wow. you know, well, I mean, what did, what did they expect? You know. <laughs> so, what was your like? Do you remember the earliest comic book you picked up, or or the first yeah, time man. you noticed you noticed like great art? Like, wow, this is fantastic. Who drew this? So like, yeah, awesome. you know, my family we did not grow up with much money. Uh, you know, my father came here with like. I think he literally came here with, he said, $1,000 in his pocket, which I know isn't like a little bit, but I mean, it's not like a lot, you know, even today it's not, you know, um, but he came here with just a thousand bucks. He, you know, drove an ice cream truck. He uh, worked as a waiter. He, he, he essentially lived the American dream and then saved up money and bought his own business. Um, so me and my brothers, we didn't get much in terms of like spending cash, if you will. We got a dollar a week allowance uh, each, and we realized like we couldn't do too much with a dollar. So, but if we pooled it together, we could go buy a couple comics, you know. And I grew up loving Power Man, and Iron Fist. I grew up loving, uh, well, obviously Superman. Spider Man has always been my favorite superhero, uh, but really, I grew up on Power Man, and Iron Fist, and the X Men. Oh, that's pretty good. So, were there any artists like? Were you mostly mostly a Marvel guy then? I, I guess. You know, yeah, I, I suppose, but I did like Batman. Batman's always been cool, you know, uh, and Superman. But I grew up, I mean, like, fantasizing about John Byrne's artwork, I gotta say. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, John Byrne, Walt Simonson, these guys to me were like, I mean, they're, they're, they're in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, if there ever is such a thing, they'd be on the Mount Rushmore at the very least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did yeah, you ever meet talk- those guys? Uh, actually, so Walt Simonson is, uh, you know, he's he's uh, d- drawn a cover for my books. He's uh, done a book for my new book, The Monkey King. He was my teacher at the School of Visual Arts, and we talk uh, basically on the phone like once a week. He's oh, one of my awesome. one of my closest friends now. That's insane. Let him know I said I love his work. <laughs> I will. I will. Yeah. I will, look, you know, you talked about uh, the Mount Rushmore, and you know, I think the '80s was such a you know, we all know what happened in the 90s with Image, but I think the 80s was full of really just miraculous talent that didn't that should have gotten the 
the accolades and the the uh, I guess beyond comic book popularity like the image guys did but yeah, they did the groundwork right yeah Seriously. yeah i mean you, you talk about you know john Byrne, like you said john Byrne and walt simonson and um uh, who's my guy michelini who, who i love this spidey um you got george perez i mean george perez jeff, of course in my opinion jeff darrow is one of those guys uh, you know frank miller obviously uh, i mean you we could go on for uh, arthur adams Mike know. Zach. Yeah, Mike Zek. I mean, so many influential artists from that time. Did I said Michelini. He's an author. He's a writer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah I believe he is. Yeah, I thought, you know. <laughs> All right, I'm done, Alan. You got to come next time. No, that's but pretty like, cool that, like, you know, as as a kid, you know, you have these, you know, artists in your mind that, that you, that I mean, not maybe idolize, but, or at least you looked up to. And then, you know, here you are right now, and you're, like, rubbing shoulders with them, and kind of like in the same business working with him which is that's amazing yeah i mean walt is he's just one of the best people you'll ever know he's a you know forget about what an amazing artist he is but he's just a great person and his wife louise simonson there are i mean you know getting the opportunity to just go to their house hang out with them every once in a while like their house is like a freaking art museum first of all but you know just getting the chance to sit there and eat with them and talk with them it's just the greatest you know um i, I still i remember i had to come clean i confessed to walt that me and my brothers one of our favorite comics growing up was uh, teen titans versus x-men and oh, the wow. copy that i had the copy i had was so messed up that we lost the cover it was like kind of water damaged because we kept we brought that comic with us like in the bathroom you know just to read while we were taking a yeah. dump or you know like <laughs> so like we, we literally brought it with us everywhere we went so it's like <laughs> just mangled and i brought that copy to get signed (laughs) but you know what jerry that's like you know when when i tell people about my collection like and i'm like oh i have this issue i have this issue like oh my god those are key issues i'm like yeah but they're not nine eights i mean i read them i threw them on the floor you know i took them to the bathroom with me to read i'm like they're not nine eights but i I love them i love how grunge like one of my first comics was gi joe 20 and it's just clutch falling out of you know falling out of a, like an airplane or something. You just see him falling through the sky, and uh, it's it's wrinkled and it's ratted. And I, I just love the thing. You know, it's it's probably a two point order, but I remember reading it over and over again. And I think that's great. I think that's great that that uh you know you got that X Men New Titan uh, uh, Teen Titans signed by uh, by Simon. <laughs> I think you know it's, it was pretty funny. He he looked at me when I brought it to him. He's like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, well, at least you know I'm not going to sell them on eBay. <laughs> I was like, well, you don't understand, man. Like, this would mean a lot to me and my brothers. You got to sign this. <laughs> well, that's great. So, do you are you do you currently you know follow particular titles still, or uh, you know I, I follow much more creators, uh, different artists, different uh, writers. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. So, because I feel like nowadays, you know, I'm just not like I I always love the X Men or even Power Man, Iron Fist, for example, but. I, you know, I, I just, I don't get, to, I go to the comic shop like maybe three times a year at this point in my life, you know? Mm. Uh, so it would be impossible for me to like follow a title now. You know, yeah. I, I just, I just don't have the time to, to read that much, you know, that, that many comics anymore. So I'll just like, I mean, I literally have, I want to say like 20 feet. If you stack up all these books of books that I haven't read that I bought and I'm like, Oh, don't worry. Like I'm going to get to it soon. You know? <laughs> All right, so let me ask you this: a quick one-minute review, since you're the Power Man Iron Fist guy. 
What did you think of the Netflix series? Uh, I I couldn't watch it. I, I tried. Um, <laughs> like the the Iron Fist show, I, that was insulting to me. It was so bad. I, that was hurtful. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Bad. I tried so hard to watch it because I, you know, I I just felt like I should. I gotta watch it. You know, but I I got up to this part where I think he he was like talking to it, like almost fighting a dog or something. And I just passed out and I realized like that show, it's just not for me. <laughs> yeah. That that's yeah. I like, I know Jonathan watched season two and see, season one scarred me so bad. I just can't bring myself to watch season two. Um, but did you see the, the latest Shang-Chi trailer that, that, that dropped a couple, like, what was it? Like a week I did, or two? Ago? I did. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I gotta say as an Asian American, I was really scared of this movie. Cause I'm like, I was talking to my friends. Are, are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I was just like, I know this is just gonna be a fucking shitty kung fu movie. You know? like, <laughs> like, come on, they're just gonna, you know, Marvel shows zero love to Asian people. If that's the truth, and I'm like, we are just gonna get the shit end of the stick here, and they're gonna make a shitty kung fu movie, and we're just gonna have to eat that shit sandwich and pretend like it's cool, you know. Um, I, that that is thing so I saw funny. the trailer. I gotta say it. I thought it looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little worried about it, you know, because uh, we've seen a lot of, let's say, uh, martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my fear, and I, Jonathan, I was talking to Jay about this too. My fear of this movie is that it's going to be like a kung fu cliche movie, you know, yes, like, of course. And, and that's what I'm kind of afraid about, you know, like they're going to, they're going to push the story to the side and showcase maybe martial arts where I wish it was the other way around, where they're pushing a really deep, good story and not have to rely on, you know, the kung fu and the wire work. You know, it's, 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 it, that, that's my fear, you know, because I went on a rant on our last show that, like, like what I didn't like about it and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, hey man, you just hit the nail right on top of the head. <laughs> so I kind of agree with you. Alan did not like that trailer. <laughs> oh, I mean, look, in, in defense of the people making this film, uh, they don't really have much to work with. It is not a good story. It is not an original concept. The whole Shang-Chi concept is just a Bruce Lee knockoff, right? I mean, who are we kidding? Right, Bruce, yeah. Bruce Lee was pretty popular in the 80s, so they decided to make their own version of Bruce Lee. I mean, I own a lot of those Shang-Chi comics. I, look, I, I had to buy it. But like, As an Asian American, we don't really get to see anyone that looks like us in any kind of medium. So when Shang-Chi came out, I thought it was the most whack thing. Me and my brothers would make fun of the comic. But (laughs) that being said, it was all we had. So I was buying it. And, you know, like, and I I had, that's like, what what was I supposed to do? It was that. And then Shogun Warriors, you know, Uh, know, I would just get stuff that came from Asia. But in terms of America, like the, the choices are pretty thin, you know? So I think the creators of this film, they're really challenged. Like, of course it's going to be a kung fu cliche because shang chi is a kung fu cliche that's exactly what he is the right. master of kung fu give me a break you know yeah uh, yeah but i do think like what greg pock did with him and uh, trying to reboot his character in the comic certainly helped a lot i i, I think greg even gave him a couple superpowers instead of just you know 
kung fu guy. <laughs> yeah, right. He was okay, just I didn't know that. kung fu, right? That was... Yeah, at least they, he gave him a pair of shoes, right? Because he was running around barefoot this whole time. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. You know, so at least Greg Pak got him in like spandex with the boots and everything. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're making strides. It only took thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, you know. You know, I'm, I'm interested in why you thought the trailer looked bad, because I, I was pleasantly surprised, I gotta say. Oh, well, like I said, it's... Um, For all the cliche all, factors? It, it was that, yeah. It was just a lot of special effects and karate stuff. I said, okay, well, we, we th- we've seen this several times in other movies, and it's almost to the point where it becomes unimpressive when you see it. You know, like, uh, here's a good example. Um, have you seen the movies Ip Man? Right, of course. Yeah, With Donnie course. Okay, so there, the there's no like electric uh, special effects going on, and and he's using his own talent. And when you see something like that, that impresses me because I know Donnie is really doing the things that he's doing. You know, I mean, obviously it's still a movie, and you know, not everything is going to be like 100 percent real. You know, I mean, the, the the notion of of in It Man one when he beats up what was it, like almost 15 black belts and he just ruins them. I mean, of course, it's a movie, but you can appreciate it, right? Because it was it was a ground-level kind of like fighting style where in uh, in this new movie that's come out, it's like, oh, it's like this, this again? You know, it's like, what's so special about it? So that that's kind of what kind of what rubbed me the wrong way is that it's like, okay, it's a, it's a kung fu cliche movie and that's not what I want. You're right, man. Uh, we don't get a lot of like Asian, like, real action heroes that that really stand out you know i mean like they, they pulled over jackie chan way past his prime and even don yen too right i mean yeah. don yen is in star wars and he's way past his prime of, of you know of stardom i guess i mean i don't even know who i would name today that that well, could lead a film the, tr- uh, yeah, the truth I is there, i just don't think there's that many action stars in general i mean look at look at who we i mean Paul Rudd is, I guess, is he an action star now? He's yeah, Ant-Man. right. Yeah, so is he an point, action? Yeah. Really? Is Paul Rudd? Did, did at any time in his career you looked at him and were like, that guy's going to be one hell of an action star? You know? Yeah, yeah right. well, we, we've actually talked on the show how they keep movies and <laughs> Bruce Willis, you know, is just zombie walking through every movie he signs on. So, uh, but there's a reason they're bringing back all the '80s heroes because we we literally had this debate on on one of our shows. I think we came up with maybe Vin Diesel. Like oh yeah, yeah. who's a current action star? Kind of the decide... yeah, and the Rock, we're like the Rock, the Rock is definitely an action star. Yeah, but we were like even the Marvel heroes. Can you consider them quote unquote action heroes? Well, no, I think they're their own category now, right? right. They're, they're superhero stars, you know, like comic heroes, whatever. Um, well, yeah, Chris I think Hemsworth, right? he should be an action star, but instead he's a comic character, you know? Right, right. Chris yeah, Pratt he... too, maybe. Yeah, yeah, should totally be an action star, but now. He's just going to be, you know, Star-Lord. <laughs> well, now I, I just watched that the movie Nobody and, you know, Better Call Saul is an action hero. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> uh, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, it's, it's a good movie, though, actually. It's a good scene. Uh, and, of course, we always have Keanu, who doesn't age. Yes, that is true. And, Keanu, Keanu is probably our greatest action star, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, just he might be. The, the John Wick, I mean, brand is turning into a TV show, right? I mean, give me a break. Yeah. And, oh, and well, I didn't know that. Matrix, yeah, another Matrix coming out this year. Yes, the Matrix. That's that. I actually am looking forward to that. Hey, Jerry, let, let's start talking about your project now. Um, can you give us maybe a little bit of backstory on just maybe who the Monkey King is for those that don't know? Sure. So, 
the Monkey King is essentially uh, he's a Chinese mythical character, but he's China's first superhero. He's like China's answer to Spider-Man, if you will. And um, what the story is really about, um, it's essentially China is going through some duress, and the they decide that they need to make a journey to the West, and they travel to India to discover Buddhism. Find those teachings, bring it back to China to save China from itself. So it's it's, and along the way, obviously there's a lot of action, a lot of kung fu. Um, he's also he's essentially like the god of mischief, and he's got multiple superpowers. Like he has a staff that he can shrink or grow, and he can even like hide it in his eardrum, you know. Uh, but it can grow like as big as twenty feet long. He if he plucks out some of his hairs, each hair he he grabs and throws out turns into another monkey warrior. And you know he's an immortal as well, but he also wears his headpiece. So whenever he um, has a, a, the wrong, whenever his thoughts his thoughts are not pure, the headpiece tightens around him, and he can never <laughs> take it off. So that headpiece keeps him in check, and he's still actually a monk as well. So, but he's also very mischievous. So that's how his whole story is. He's a torn hero, if you will. Were there any uh, Monk, Monkey King stories that went mainstream? Because I could have sworn I, I watched something like some movie where with the Monkey King. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Monkey King gets rebooted, I want to say, like three times a year. Um, wow. There's So, like, Donnie Yen has made a movie, I think two movies on him. Uh, Chow Yun-Fat has, Stephen Chow has. Uh, in my opinion, Stephen Chow, he's done it like three times already. But his is one of the best ones, which is uh, a Chinese odyssey or a cosmic odyssey, excuse me. Um, that one I thought I thought was great, but most of them are, are pretty bad. So this is kind of what led me into getting doing this book myself. Um, most reboots of the Monkey King, they they focus on kung fu and, and action. They give them a lot, you know, cooler armor and more armor, and it, it, they try to speed it up and. and I guess it's cool. I understand that they're trying to make it "quote unquote" sexy, but they're kind of losing the whole gist of the story. Um, so, I wanted to do a, a version of the Monkey King that was a little more magical and a little more adventure-like. I also put them in modern time, like they're now starting in New York today. Um, and instead of like which armor to choose from, the monkey is choosing which pair of Nikes will match his hoodie the best. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You know, so like I, I'm trying to modernize it and make it a little bit cooler, a little bit more edgy, and definitely a different take. One that at least I myself haven't seen yet. Um, it was actually inspired from an art show I did from uh, the one one of the few things I was able to do in 2020 was I had a, a solo art show at the Pearl River Mart Gallery here in Chinatown, New York. Pearl River is like an iconic store in New York, and um, they had a gallery space that they featured Asian American artists. I was lucky enough to have a show there last January, and I did a, a, a series of drawings on uh, the Monkey King in Chinatown, New York. I never thought of doing a book on it, but people kept asking me about it from the show. And then when the lockdown came, you know, I'm sitting at home with nothing to do. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Fuck. Maybe I should just do this thing now. You know, I think <laughs> this is the right time. So I'm going to stay productive during the lockdown. And that's what I've been working on this past year. So this is something you've been thinking about, like it's kind of always been in the back of your mind that, you know, eventually I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell the story in a way I think is, is different than the way it's been told before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the monk, like I said, the Monkey King is it's one of the 
greatest stories in Chinese uh, mythology. So to have the opportunity to be a part of that is, is amazing, you know. Um, and I've, I was able to, because it is the monkey can, because I'd, I'd like to think I'm doing a fresh take on it. Uh, I got some really cool friends to help me out and do some variant covers for it, like Jim Chung and Jeff Darrow. Uh, Jim Chung, for all of you guys listening that might not know who he is, he is currently drawing Spawn. He is was the artist of Justice League, and he was one of the co-creators of the Young Avengers. I, I like to think he's kind of a heavy hitter in comics. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Young Avengers is one of the hot, hottest books yeah. right now because of uh, MCU rumors that they're bringing them to the screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jeff Darrow, I mean, he was uh, the main designer artist for the Matrix films. Um, wow. He is the creator, artist, writer of Shaolin Cowboy, uh, Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, Hard Boiled, he worked on with Frank Miller. Uh, I mean, he is, in my opinion, like iconic. Jeff Tyrell, we mentioned him earlier. I, I put him on the Mount Rushmore of comic artists, you know? So uh, it, it's, it's an honor for me to have these guys working with me on it. And, uh, you know, what can I say about him? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's awesome. You know, two, two very well known artists doing, uh, very talented artists doing your variant covers for you. So this, this is, um, you're taking this to Kickstarter, right? Yes, correct. And um, you want to just kind of go over that with us? Like, how, how can people contribute and what tiers are you going to have and things like that? Sure. So, um, you know, this campaign is going to go live on Monday, May 3rd at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's going to run for a month. Uh, all the money raised for this project will be going towards production of the book. Um, to, I, I'm trying to pay everyone fair salaries, or uh, what I'm trying to do is pay them above fair salaries. Um, but that being said, so uh, back in March, there was a shootings in Atlanta at the spas, you know, in Atlanta, where I, th- I believe eight people were murdered. And as an Asian American, it was a little upsetting. So in an emotional uh, decision, I decided for the, the remaining two weeks of March, I was going to donate all my online sales to um, Stop Asian Hate. And when I, I raised like, I mean, it's not like a ton of money, but for me, it's kind of a lot of money. I raised $2,500 in the two weeks. And it was pretty cool, you know, I hit donate and it felt good, but it also felt a little hollow because like, you know, you don't really see the money go anywhere. Uh, you right. don't actually see anyone get the help. And um, I was talking with Jeff Darrow, it, it, it started with Jeff, and I was gonna pay him a, an amount of money for the cover. And then he was just like, you know, I've kind of made a lot of money off the Asian culture. I think after I saw what you did, I'd like to donate, you know, the money to stop Asian hate. He's like, if that's okay with you, you know, I'm like, Jeff, that's amazing, of course, you know? And I was like, but the one thing is, like I said, hitting the donate button, as cool as that was, it just felt a little hollow. So what if we try something a little different? What if I just literally take cash and go to small businesses in Chinatown and just hand them the cash? You know, like, I'm just going to quite literally walk into these businesses. I'm going to go into, like, the ice cream shop, buy one scoop of ice cream for, like, three bucks. And I'm going to give them $253 in cash and be like, keep the change. <laughs> oh wow and so what we decided is we're going to give 250 dollars to like x amount of businesses depending on the, the success of this campaign and we're just going to walk right up in there and just give them each 250 bucks which i know it's not like a crazy amount of money but we're trying to give like a few thousand dollars away and just like i said my family we're a small business owner we know how difficult these times can be and i think it's just that kind of ray of hope that you might give to some of these people 
that is going to be more valuable than the money. Knowing that there's people out there that care, I think will help. Um, and it's, it's just a great way for us to give back to the community. No, it's a fantastic. I mean, there is a, you know, the, the guy, uh, Dave Portnoy, I think his name is from Barstool Sports. He was doing something similar where, you know, a lot of these businesses because of the pandemic were really suffering. And so he would literally like try and step in and almost single-handedly like help these businesses out you know because just like you said you can donate all you want it, what's going to happen to that money you have no idea you know and the fact that you're going to go in there and personally from your pocket to their hand like say here here you go you know that's that's really powerful you know I hope they don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> well, they'll think you're crazy. <laughs> they'll still take your money. They'll, they'll, take, your money. they'll take your money. No, yeah. Alan makes a good point. It's it's a powerful thing you're doing. It's it's a it's a really, you know, we all talk about how do we give back to our community. You're like literally giving back to the community, and I think that's that's uh, really admirable, and and that you're creating this this graphic novel about this this story you've been wanting to tell for for a few years now, and and that you're going to donate. Um, money from its uh, funding to 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 the cause. Yeah, I mean, it, it only makes sense because um, this book is very very influenced by Chinatown, New York. I mean, you know, a lot of films, a lot of stories, they always say like, "Oh, New York is, you know, it's a character in this story. It's a personality." But I mean, like, and I watch it, and eh, you know, yeah, New York is in the background, cool. But in this story, in this book, this particular book, it really New York does kind of come out front and center and I, I'd like to think it's it's a very New York centric story and a very New York centric book and um, I think it, it'll show a different angle on New York and it'll give people something different to think about. I, I, I really hope everyone's going to enjoy it. Oh, well, awesome. I'm looking at some preview art that you have on your website um, which is epicprops.com E-P-I-C-P-R-O-P-S dot com and uh, yes, just from the art alone it looks really um, fantastic! Uh, the detail you have in, in especially the, the, the drawings of the um, of the uh, of the streets and the city, it's in the buildings is really really good. You can tell that you're you might have been influenced by Perez and some other guys like that with the detail that you put into <laughs> it. Yeah, I think it's it looks great. Yeah, you know, uh, like I said, that I I didn't. I'm trying to do the exact opposite of what all the other reboots are. Not that my book will not have action. Of course it will. But we have these guys doing everything from like karaoke to riding giant pigeons to, you know, eating dumplings to shopping. You know, um, I'm just trying to keep it kind of wacky and a little more fun. Um, I, I'd like to think, I hope I'm, I'm hitting it and I hope I'm achieving that. But it's definitely a different version of the monkey king than everyone's going to be used to so how can they actually like uh, start supporting you they, they go to kickstarter is that what it is and, and they have to look for something in particular yeah so if you go to kickstarter and just uh, look up the monkey king under the graphic novel section uh, i'm hoping it will show up there uh, I, I will give you guys a link to it um, but it, it, it should be coming up as the monkey king uh, under the the kickstarter search engine Oh, that's cool. So you like you probably have the like Facebook and Instagram, right? Instagram is the one I would say I'm the most active on, which is just uh, at Epic Props, uh, E P I C P R O P S, and uh, anyone can just you know uh, that's the one I, I, I post updates there all the time, and uh, I reply to everyone that writes back and stuff. 
you know, it's pretty fun. And Facebook as well? Facebook, yes. I'm on Facebook, uh, I guess, almost as much. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of uh, like on, our on podcast, Facebook. too. Yeah, Facebook, I think it's just under my name, just a, as if you search for me as a Jerry Ma. Oh, right. How about, uh, how about Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm on <laughs> Twitter a Tinder. little bit. <laughs> Tinder, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm on Twitter a little, uh, also at, at Epic Props. Well, you know, it, like I said, the artwork looks great. I look forward to reading this. Um, do you have a timetable about when it'll be out? Well, um, I guess once the campaign goes live, I'm I'm already about ninety percent done with the book. Okay. Uh, so this is my third Kickstarter book that I'll be doing. I, I'm I'm pretty familiar with the whole process. I, if you check my track record with it, I always send uh, my rewards out before the, the actual date that I set it for. So I've set the date for uh, people receiving the rewards would be September of this year. But I did that just in case, like, cause just because with the pandemic, uh, I'm a little worried that things might get slowed down a little bit. Um, that being said, I fully expect and intend to uh, send everything out much earlier than that. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have, do you have anything you know, be it be, besides this project, do you have do you have your sights on anything else down the future? Oh well, yeah. You know, um, with this project, I'm actually in loose talks to hopefully uh, work on some anime an anime film for it. Uh, oh wow! But but um, we said this off air. I, I am doing some work with the NBPA in China, uh, which is the National Basketball Players Association, uh, which sounds a little weird. But what that means is I have access to all the players in the NBA but I'm not allowed to use the team names or logos. So, like, I can use James Harden, but I can't use the Brooklyn Nets. Gosh. Oh, that's weird. Wow. But, yeah, that's I'm, I'm working cool. on a few uh, lines of graphic T-shirts for them over there. Well, you know, I saw a bunch of that on your website. I was like, those look great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that, that's yeah. just the stuff that's been out so far. But there's actually so much more. <laughs> yeah, I see you have the Car- uh, Carmelo. Carmelo. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, guys, go to his website because this is—he's just got so much. Just your graphic tees in general. I love the um, the the Mandalorian choking poster. <laughs> the, what, yes. what to do if you're choking poster? Yeah, that was done yeah. for a, a restaurant here in the Lower East Side called Saigon Social. Uh, it's a great new restaurant. They're, they're they're fantastic, and the owner Helen Wynn, she's a chef and owner. She is like I think on the cusp of becoming like a celebrity chef, um, but she loves loves star wars so like all throughout her restaurant she just has murals of star wars and boba fett and and baby yoda and when i first met her because uh, a good friend of mine rich ho he's a chef as well for a taiwanese restaurant here in new york called whole food uh he took me to introduce me to helen and uh she found out i was an illustrator and she's like you know did you, did you, would you ever you know want to like maybe paint a mural on the wall here or something I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. I was like, but, you know, but that's kind of like t- takes a lot of time, you know. Um, and she was like, I was like, you know what, I- I'll think of something. Maybe like I'll-, I'll draw a choking poster for you. And she was like, oh, you have to do it in Baby Yoda. You know, and she was like so excited. So uh, she was the reason why that, that happened. <laughs> that's, it's great. So, Alan, I don't know if you've seen it on the website yet, but it's it's a it's like the post you see in restaurants, like what to do if someone's choking. But it replaces, you know, like normal figures with uh, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, where Baby Yoda is the one choking. <laughs> it's, it's really fantastic. It's really it's, uh, you know, if, if, if I didn't think Disney would come after, I'd tell you I'd tell you to sell that thing. <laughs> um, and yeah, you're Michael Jackson. Your prince is I mean, that prince is just fantastic. 
Oh, that's thank like, you. That's like the Super Bowl when he, when he was singing Purple Rain in the rain. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, Jerry, uh, we appreciate you coming on our show. Um, if you want to throw out your, your contact info again, your Instagram, um, you know, everybody go to Faith, uh, Kickstarter and starting, well, by the time this is published, it'll be uh, out. It'll be started. Uh, look up either Jerry Ma or the Monkey King graphic novel. Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for having me. Um, again, if you guys want, just check me out on Instagram. It's uh, Epic Props. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to you know, answer any questions that anyone might have. All right. Oh, yeah, very Thanks, cool. Jerry. And, uh, you know, um, we'll, we'll up, keep us updated on, on how it's going and, and um, what else you got going on in the future. Sure thing, of course, guys. All, All right. right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Yes, that was really cool. And like I said, check out the art on the website. It's it's really good. I'm very impressed with it, the detail he puts into it. And the character designs are really cool. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to like describe his artwork, it's 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 clean lines, you know? Yes. I, I, I kind of like that. I, I kind of like his style. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that was that's pretty cool what he's doing, you know? I mean... He made a good point. You can donate to a lot of people, and who knows whose pockets that lands in, and and he's actually going to put it right in the hands that he wants it to be in. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you, know, you can tell he's very talented. Uh, just 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 some of the stuff he talked about that, that he's worked on, things like that. So uh, yeah, it's good talking to him. Good cool. talking to him. Uh, anything else, Jonathan? Uh, no. All right. Hey, you can find us on Facebook, Nerdemy Podcast, Instagram, Nerdemy. Twitter, Nerdy Me Podcast, YouTube, Nerdy Me Podcast. If you have iTunes, please rate and review if you can. Uh, it helps us out, right? Yep. Find me on Mom's Face and Collectibles at IG and Alan at Dr. Indiana Jones Jr. Uh, no, Dr. Indiana Jones. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The Junior is a fan, is a fan like Instagram page. It's just there. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, but the Doctor Indiana Jones, that's the main thing. Dude, we just we just released episode three today. There was a little bit of a delay because he was working hard. Hey man, that artwork that he did, uh his name is Sebastian. He lives over in Argentina. And uh yeah, he, he said like he's like, Oh yeah, I have it by Friday and he's like, Oh no man, I was at work, but I'm gonna work on it all night long. The dude worked on it all night long. I was like, Oh my gosh, this, this and is it, it looks really good. Doesn't it? It's like, it looks like he, yeah. he's got Alfred Molina's face down pat. I was like, yes. wow, this looks yeah. like, this looks like you know like from the movie almost. Yeah, yeah. He uh, actually yeah. mentioned that he started with the characters' reactions first, and he, then he worked his way outwards from there. But uh, yeah, it, he did such a great job. Yeah. All uh, right. Till next time. Bye. Peace.